Folks, welcome back. Week three, college football. Not, not the greatest, not the, the big show liner, you know, headliners that we're looking for this week three. But as BCB has mentioned, it is football. So, you know what? We have stuff to be grateful for. Larry, BCB, how are you guys doing? Uh, fantastic. We get to talk about the first head coach fired and we get to talk about upsets that happened in week two to start off uh, a little recap. Um, and then we'll get into a pretty shitty week three slate. Um, but there are two games involving uh, ranked, both ranked teams. So uh, still got some football to talk about. BCB, how you doing? Man, uh, the, the bad beats are racking up here for me early in the season. But uh, I had a little bit of revenge week two in the sense that a lot of my picks that I had week one that I loved kind of uh, justified my selections this week. So based on their performance, but uh, the Baylor BYU game late at night took some wind out of my sails and hindsight, I wouldn't have stayed up till 2 a.m. for that game again. So uh, my Heisman bets are looking pretty dead <laughs> before we made it to October. Uh, not happy about that, but we'll, we'll break down the slate this week, see if we can't find some more winners. You heard it here first. So Scott Frost fired. Is Blake Shapin the worst quarterback in D1 football? Is Iowa the worst offense we've seen in the last 15 years? We'll talk about it all right now. Let's get at it. All right. Uh, week two, Larry, kick us off. What'd you, what are your initial thoughts on week two? How'd you like it? How'd you fare? Uh, let's get started with the Friday night game. Um, outright loser, uh, BCB and myself were high on UCF. Uh, we didn't think Malik Cunningham was good. Um, we didn't think there was a chance that Louisville went in and covered the six and a half or five and a half. Um, but Louisville won outright. Um, so that was a great start to the week. But <laughs> how it goes, I mean, Louisville looked pretty good. Um, they looked so bad week one. Um, but yeah, great start. The bounce house was the bounce house was bouncing. It wasn't on the crowd. Crowd was loud. Cameras were shaking. Um, yeah, UCF just didn't perform. Didn't show up. It's really hard to win bets when you miss a field goal and get two touchdowns called back. So, <laughs> that and then uh, John Reese Plumley, John Rice Plumley can't throw the football. Uh, it was not not a division one. That pains me to say that, honestly. I like the kid a lot. Uh, don't think the coaching staff really did him any favors. I thought if you looked at, like, the Louisville-UCF game, if you go look at how both those teams ran that offense, when Louisville wanted to get runs for Cunningham, uh, they were spreading them out. They, you know, they basically you had your, your simple shotgun formation where you had your five linemen and then just a running back and the quarterback, um, and then you were spreading the wide receivers and the tight ends out. UCF didn't really do that on their design quarterback runs. They were bringing a tight end in, which allowed Louisville to stack the box even more, which they wanted to do anyway. It, like I'm sitting there at the American Legion screaming at the TV to then like motion this tight end out that they're stacking behind the tackle. Like, dude, they've got nine guys in the box. If you're just trying to hit a scene with this kid, like let them run. And uh, yeah, I didn't think they called the game very well. And then I would have went to Keene there off the bench uh, in the fourth quarter when it became pretty obvious that, that Plumlee wasn't going to complete passes. So, uh, but yeah, it, well, at one point from Friday night going into Saturday, teams I had bet on had three touchdowns in a row called back and I had missed four field goals in a row. So that turned around a little bit for a Saturday afternoon. But yeah, the UCF game hurts. That one was on the verge of being a blowout for about a quarter and a half and UCF just never can make a play. 
Yeah, definitely a tone setter for the week uh, weekend. Um, you know, next up though, after that game, the fun house first game that we had 11 o'clock kickoff, which is kind of unusual for Alabama, Texas. Uh, we'll talk about our Heisman futures. Uh, I'm sure BCB has some words about Baylor. Uh, myself, Quinn Ewers, I think that was his coming out game. I think if we would have saw him for four quarters, uh, Texas obviously easily wins that game. Uh, my initial thoughts, just real quick, Quinn Ewers is legit. He won't win the Heisman now. Uh, I think reports I saw four or five weeks he might be out. Uh, strain clavicle. Uh, but let's, uh, I just want to, one thing I want to say is Nick Saban ruins college football. Uh, that safety uh, in the end zone, definite big changer. The way the refs handle that, uh, we've had Blandino on here in the past. I think, I think even he would be disappointed in what we saw there. Uh, just absolutely god awful. They changed the play. They changed the outcome of the play after they threw the flag, after they called the safety. They called a targeting in there somehow, which I have no idea. Saban ruins college football. You know Saban intimidated the shit out of those guys. Really bothered me. Um, I did have Texas, obviously, plus 20 and a half. But your guys' thoughts, Bama, Texas? I, I mean, they got the call right at the end of the day. I have <laughs> That's absurd. No, they didn't. No way. Got it right. I mean, they got it right. If you watch the replay, they got it right. They picked up the flag. It looked like Bryce Young got rid of the ball. Uh, I think they got it right. I Maybe they that's not supposed to be how they called. And, <laughs> but they fixed it. And I, that's all I care about. They got it right. Is all I care about. Texas lost because they kept settling for field goals and they didn't manage the clock. Texas had that game won. All they had to do was run a little bit more clock or they just had to score a touchdown on one of their drives. Um, I agree if Quinn Ewers plays, Texas probably wins outright and Texas is all the way back. Now it doesn't matter. Uh, Quinn Ewers is kind of a bitch. I thought he could have played through that. Uh, it didn't even look like he needed the sling on the sideline. I feel like he wasn't he wasn't wearing it when they first showed him, and then he put it on the second time he showed him because he should have played through that. I, I think he was fine. I originally thought he might have broke his collarbone. Uh, obviously, he did not. Um, he just has, like, a light sprain in his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, he's got to man up and get back out there. Uh, Houston card was actually pretty decent, though. Um, I think Alabama's beatable. Uh but I, Texas just didn't put them away. They had plenty of opportunities. Uh, even if they just managed the clock a little bit better, uh, got a couple first downs, they win that game outright. PCB. Yeah, that was a tough game, man. I was uh, after the first quarter. I was about to pour one up for you because I was like, man, your Heisman future is looking good. I've got some Ole Miss national title futures. You put that loss on Bama, then things get real interesting. Well, going forward so i was super excited that that is a funny point that larry brought up because i noticed that too the first time they cut the ewers on the sideline he didn't have a sling on or anything he's just standing there in a t-shirt and then they cut back and he's got the sling on it's kind of like uh when you have somebody with a fake injury so they just throw the neck brace on and walk out of there uh but no man that was a tough game uh alabama's kind of in that mode right now that the new england patriots were with tom brady for the longest time where it's like they just always find a way to somehow win the game like the other team always always loses the game um one thing i didn't like coming out of the game we'll see how it how it works out for texas going forward but it's like those kids were celebrating the loss like <laughs> you should have won yeah. the game yeah. and that team seems weirdly energetic for a team that just lost like 
Gary Patterson was sitting there tweeting out, not all the things goes to me, make sure, you know, it's a we, not me thing. Like they're thanking him for a loss. And then, uh, and then on the other side, you have the Alabama kids doing like the horns down and stuff, I think. And, uh, getting a little too hype over a game that they should have lost and played like shit for three and a half quarters. So uh, we'll see how they respond from here. I thought Alabama, I, I still think they're, they're very skilled. They're too well coached for, for that effort to be what they put on the field every Saturday. They had way too many drop passes, uh, but that's a game where if you're Texas, you've got them at home, you've got them on the ropes, you've got to finish and win that game. Um, Hudson card played well, got banged up at the end. So We'll see how Texas fares going forward, um, but that's a game – like, if they're settling for more victories, that's a game you got to win. True. No, the last thing I'll say about it, and I think you just kind of hit on it, Gary Patterson was getting his dick sucked from the announcers. I think the Texas defense played well. I don't think they should be given the credit that they got. I think there was a lot of drop passes on Bama's side. I don't think uh, – the, the play calling, obviously, it is saving, so you want to give us credit, but the play calling just, I don't think, was at the right situation, the right time. I think Texas defense got a little bit too much credit, uh, but, yeah, they should have put it away. It's on them. Fuck them. Uh, Ewers out. Heisman over. Texas might not win the Big 12 now. Larry. Is Bryce Young's Heisman over? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. No. The answer is no, uh, just because there's no standout player yet. Um I, Alabama played very undisciplined. It wasn't a typical Alabama. Ton of penalties, ton of dumb penalties. Yeah. Uh, what's their best defensive player's name? Anderson. Yeah, just he was just hitting guys after they were down. Yeah. Like, what? I was like, what is going on? Like that wasn't that wasn't a Nick Saban team. That was just like, that's a, a good point. Of, that was just like a bunch of kids that like had like no discipline. Yeah, I just was I was confused. It just didn't look like Alabama. I, I, I'm pretty sure that coaching staff will get that honed in very quickly. Yeah. Um, that's going to be out of their system. Um, but they just – they had they left the door open all day for Texas to come in and win that game, and Texas just couldn't do it. No, I think that's a perfect point. I would hate to be an Alabama football player Sunday or this past Sunday. Uh, I don't know what sort of discipline or punishment they got, but I guarantee you saving laid into them. So – on to the next game, a game I did not watch. I watched like via StatCast, Tennessee at Pitt. Uh, a little bit of a revenge game, you know, top 25 uh, matchup, 15 Tennessee, 23 Pitt. Overtime winner. Uh, the only thing I really wanted to call here, because like I said, I just watched it via StatCast, so I didn't get a feel for the game. I didn't get a feel for the momentum. Hedden Hooker, man, he's, he's a pretty fucking good quarterback. His stat line here real quick. 27 for 42, 325 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I uh, don't know if either of you two got a chance to see that game or if you had any uh, had any thoughts on that. The game was awesome. Uh, it was an absolute fucking shootout. Uh, Pitt wins if Slovis doesn't get knocked out. Um, one of the great, one of the best uh, hurdles we'll see all year. Uh, their tight end Bartholomew, he just jumped over a D back for a touchdown. It was an awesome highlight. Uh, white tight end. Great, yeah. great hurdle. Beautiful play. Pitt's uh, backup quarterback came in and kept him in the game. He was hobbling. He was also hurt. Um, I, I, I missed what happened to Slovis. I'm not exactly sure he got knocked out of the game or if he'll be back. Um, but I, I thought Pitt should have would have won that if Slovis stayed in, which actually seems like we've seen with a lot of uh, – 
what happened with uh, backup quarterbacks coming in. But yep. I, I don't even know who their backup is, but he was hobbling the whole fourth quarter and into overtime, um, just playing through an injury. Uh, but it was an absolute shootout. It was an awesome game to watch. Is it like uh, Nick Patty? Is that the kid's name? Hey, did, I think he's the kid that played the bowl game for him last year. I think so. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get to watch that game. Uh, I just saw Slovis got hurt, and that kind of put him I, – I saw that Tennessee was down early, which surprised me. I thought Tennessee would win. It was Patty. You're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how Tennessee fares when they get to – I didn't get to watch that game. I, I would very, be very curious to see how their pass rush looked because uh, they had some problems getting to the passer against Ball State. I thought that uh, from, from the pass rush standpoint, that's the one thing that worries me about Tennessee's defense when they get in the conference play is how much pressure they're going to generate. The, uh, they're going to score a lot of points, but they scored a lot of points last year. So they're kind of in that uh, – they're kind of in that same position that Ole Miss was after that first year of Kiffin. We're like, hey, we know the offense is going to show up, but I'm curious to see how their defense holds up going forward. Love it. Uh, next game I want to chat on here. The only person in this fucking podcast that had the, was able to put their nuts on the fucking table and bet App State against Texas A&M. Sure, I took the points. I should have taken money line. App State comes in, and Scott Frost just got fired. Is, is Jimbo next, I guess, is my question to you both. I think they've paid him way too much money. Um, <laughs> they, they pretty much have. Well, I, I don't know. Texas A&M, man, that, apparently they, they have a lot, a lot of money. So <laughs> I don't know what his buyout number would be. But, I mean, what's, what's acceptable, right? Like, he's got that recruiting. Like, they just had the, the number one recruiting class. So, I've got to assume that buys him some time. Also, apparently, so if you remember in the preview episode, I said coming into the year, they were hyped about the freshmen that they had and how their offense was going to look a lot different because now they finally had some packages and stuff that they could run that they've been wanting to run. It's the same boring offense that they've they've been going (laughs) for with. They're not doing anything new. Literally, Drake May just carved up App State for 63 points. Texas A&M did not have 100 yards passing or 100 yards rushing and <laughs> that game like they they got straight up dominated uh from a defensive standpoint and yeah i i again the preview episode i circled that said hey app state's gonna have a chance to go in here and win this game yep. Yep. i don't bet it but i did say last week too that app state's problems on defense were fixable it was a complete coaching error most of the time <laughs> they were just completely out of position against nc uh when you're not playing the most creative offense in the world i guess that helps as well too so um yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Texas A&M does because they've got Max Johnson there now, who was at LSU last year, Brad Johnson's son. They also have Connor Wigman, um, the third-string quarterback, who's a freshman who they thought when they were recruiting, they thought he was better than Ewers, so they didn't pursue Ewers in yeah. the transfer portal. So, I don't know. Texas A&M is an Ole Miss fan. I really like that game because I, I think <laughs> we, we might have a stake to being the second-best team in the SEC West right now. Okay. But uh, Arkansas would have like to have a word as well too. But Texas A and M's got some problems, man. They got to fix them for sure. Larry. Uh, yeah. I mean, kudos to App State for going into uh, at A and M and winning that game. Um, huge, huge Saturday for the Sun Belt. Um, oh, maybe the Sun Belt. I had multiple upsets. Well, I'm sure we'll get into one after this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
it's just crazy. Week to week doesn't matter. I mean, losing to UNC at home the week before, it, it doesn't – it didn't matter. They were able to get right back up, uh, credit to them, and go to um, A&M and win at A&M. So, uh, unreal win, unreal win for the Sun Belt. Um, I have no clue who's going to win the Sun Belt. Um because Coastal struggled against Gardner-Webb this week. I was, I was going to say, what do you guys think the biggest upset in the Sun Belt was this week? App State upsetting Texas A&M, Marshall upsetting Notre Dame, or Coastal Carolina upsetting Gardner-Webb? <laughs> you're, forgetting, you're, forgetting Georgia, you're forgetting Georgia Southern ending Scott Frost's career. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Throw them in there, too. Uh, it's definitely App State. It's definitely App State and then Marshall. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd flip it around. No, I mean, going to A and M, A and M, I it's no way. It's what do you I think is the harder place to play at A and M or at fucking Notre Dame, South Bend, Indiana? I just I think A and M was more hyped. Uh, it was Jimbo here. Um, I I would actually say Kyle Field's probably tougher than South Bend. Um, but I that's. That's just because it's SEC. Right. Um, right. Um, the Notre Dame crowd's kind of a so it's a country club crowd. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's what fair. I figured. A lot of alum, a lot of alum, not going like crazy. Um, but uh, I think who's the next coach to get fired? Is Marcus Freeman already on the hot seat? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, no one was that. I don't think anybody's that hyped when he was the interim coach and then got hired to the full-time coach. He, he mean, has one of the best recruiting classes coming in next year. Uh, I think he is going to be an outstanding recruit. And you can't fire a guy until you get a chance to see his recruits play for him. He's right now playing with Brian Kelly's team. And I think I just read Buckner's just, like, removed from the depth chart. Drew Pines. Uh, yeah, Buckner's out for the year. Yeah, he heard his uh, – as soon as the game got over, too, he's like, yep. I'm out for four months. It just so happened to be like right after bowl season. Like that's, that's the length of his injury. <laughs> Does that mean the transfer portal for him? Like, see you later. Um, yeah. So I don't, they've struggled. I mean, Notre Dame's really struggled at recruiting quarterbacks. So this kid's pretty dicey for them. Um, they're somehow 11 point favorites against Cal this week in a game that the over under is like 41 points. So yeah. Notre Dame's got a tough schedule too. Like I went through and looked at it, they, they going like five and seven is definitely on the table right now. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Marcus Freeman and the Irish Jimbo. I don't even fucking know what to think about them. You have all the five stars in the world, but you can't get a quarterback. Just, it just goes to show the importance of the quarterback position in college football. So on that note, let's talk about two great quarterbacks going at it in the swamp. So I started off the week, I started off 4-0, 4-0 or 5-0. I'm like, boys, we're about to have a fucking weekend. And then it all started going downhill with Kentucky at Florida. Jesus. AR-15, man. I watched the entire Utah game. I watched about half of the Kentucky game. I just for one player to throw such a 180 and go from fucking up here to fucking way the fuck down here. I don't know how it happened. You had the swamp. It was technically a night game. I guess it started like 6 30, 7 30, Florida time. I don't know what happened. 
I don't want to give Kentucky like kudos for this. I think AR 15 lost the game rather than Kentucky won the game. That's just my two cents. What do you guys think? So, uh, Will Levis is good. Kentucky's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hell of a game by then, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Trevor Etienne, they scored a touchdown, then scored a two point conversion. And I thought Florida was on top of the world right then. And then it just all went downhill. Yeah. Um, Bubs, you are a uh, YB, you are a uh, trivia guy. So uh, you want to do a you want to do a little game of let's guess who player A and player B are. Let's do it. Okay, Larry, you're in on this too. So player here, I'm just going to give you the stat line for these. They're quarterbacks, so we've got two quarterbacks here. Player A so far this year has 378 passing yards, a 56% completion percentage. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 62 rushing yards, and two touchdowns rushing. Player B has 311 passing yards, a 52% completion percentage, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, 110 yards, and three touchdowns rushing. You know who player A is? Will Levis? No. I think A is Anthony Richardson. Or one of them is Anthony Richardson. One of them is... Jalen Daniels. Player B is Anthony Richardson. Okay. Is Jaden Daniels? Player A, player A is Tyler Buckner. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, so, yeah, Anthony Richardson's literally seventh in the Heisman odds so far, and he has a 52% completion percentage and zero passing touchdowns. I mean – the way he was able to extend plays and do what he did against Utah, and then Utah comes out and goes seventy-three to seven or seventy-three to three—I can't remember what. So, I don't know what happened. Um, it was yeah, actually- it's tough. Uh, I mean, they just didn't score in the second half. So, I mean, credit to the Kentucky defense going into the swamp and shutting them out in the second half. Uh, yeah, it was it was thirteen to zero. Kentucky outscored him in the second half. Uh, I actually looking at the stats right now. Will Levis didn't play well at all. He was thirteen for twenty four with that's a touch reception. What he's done, like that's what he's done all last year. Like he has these games. Like he's just he has the tools, but uh, in essence, every week he kind of just looks like a game manager. Like <laughs> it does, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's Anthony Richardson had eleven more attempts than him, but only one more completion. Two quarterbacks, the Bell Crazy. And playing, playing ads, dude. Playing ads. Um, yeah, tough game. I saw Kentucky had Gator on Sunday night or Monday night. That was kind of funny. It's in the past. Learn from it. That was one of my one of my games. I felt the most confident in. It was more of a chalk pick, but I, I definitely liked it. But it's in the past. BCB, you have thirty seconds. You want to talk about Ole Miss real quick and get that out of the way. Oh, the Central Arkansas nod. Central <laughs> Arkansas, when I was looking at the numbers, they uh, they graded out 81st in FCS in defense. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, the only major development to really come out of that game is that Luke Altmaier got hurt. So we're probably having Jackson. Oh, he yeah, he suffered an injury, kind of played through it a little bit. I don't think it's anything super serious, but he was banged up. So going to assume... I don't know how much of a true competition it really was, but I'm going to guess we see Jackson Dart on Saturday at Georgia Tech. Got it, got it. Um, you know, last game I, I think we'll talk about here, uh, USC Whoa. Stanford. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I got a couple to talk about. Yeah, no, you start us off then. 
Oh, I have a couple bad beats, a couple good beats. Okay. Uh, yeah. UTSA, I had a minus two at Great Army. Game. Ended ended up covering in overtime. UTSA won by a field goal. Lucky cover. Um, I was I didn't get to watch much of the game, and I haven't got to go back and watch it. Um, I actually saw they were losing. UTSA was losing yeah. most of the game, um, so they must have came back. Um, that one, uh, and I, I guess I'll wait. I'll let I'll let you guys talk about that one first. I, I had minus two. Happy to get that win. I, I struggled to get wins all all Saturday, so that was a nice one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what any any thoughts on that game? So, funny story. So I, I had a decent bet on UTSA on the money line in that game. And the bar I was at, they didn't have it on the TVs like in the dining area, um, but they have like those little TVs above the urinal, and it was on one of the games in there. So at the end, when he's kicking that field goal, they wouldn't put it on the regular TV. So I had to like get up and act like I was going to take a piss and just <laughs> stood just stood in the bathroom and watched that <laughs> that kick. And then he misses it. So I'm like sitting there kind of hunched over, staring at the urinals like, oh. <laughs> and, like, so, some guys were giving me some weird looks. But uh, they turned it on for overtime in the dining area, so I was able to watch the rest of the game. Uh, that's So, interesting, UTSA has Texas this week. Um, I don't trust UTSA's defense at all coming out of that game. Uh, their right tackle, it was an all-conference player, got injured. Their replacement right tackle had about five holding calls, I think, all through the day on Saturday. Uh, Army might be the best 0-2 team in the country right now because their, their offenses looked a lot better. Um, they're, they're much more dynamic. So, it's actually one of my picks I'm going to lean towards if I can get the right number when they come out on Thursday. But Okay. Yeah, fun game. Other, the other one I had was I had Houston Moneyline. Um, they, they were up three. Uh, too much time left on the clock. Uh, Texas Tech was able to uh, drive down the field with fucking ease and get a field goal to send it to overtime. Um, and then uh, Houston sell for a field goal in the second overtime. Texas Tech scored easily. I had minus th- – or I had plus – I had Houston plus three. Ended up getting a push with because there's no extra point, um, or I would have lost it if there was an extra point in overtime. Um, but that was – I had high hopes for Houston. Uh, they should have put the game away. They didn't manage the time well. They kicked a field goal to up, go up, and then they just let Texas Tech get into field goal range immediately and send it to overtime. I had, pretty, I had a decent play on – the, the Houston money line. I was I felt great. They were up three. There was I I don't know fifty seconds left. Maybe maybe even less. Maybe like forty seconds left. Ended fucking awful. <laughs> okay, I um I didn't get a chance to watch that particular game. I dude I let's just let's just get right into it. Iowa Iowa State. Um, Iowa's the worst team in the nation. Um. We have the worst quarterback in the nation. We have the worst offensive coordinator in the nation. We are an unwatchable football team. Um, I bet you if you looked at rates for the National Suicide Prevention Line during Iowa football games, you can see a trend tick upwards. It's that bad. Um, The the only other thing I have to say is that towards the end of the game, not sure if you watched it, uh, Iowa State got a personal foul when they thought the game was over with. We had a shot at like a 50-yard field goal, I'd say it was. I knew we were going to miss it. 
like I'm at that point where I just know bad things happen. Um, well, I'll talk a little bit more about Iowa when we talk about week three, but just didn't know if you guys had any uh, had any comments on Iowa, Iowa State. I actually love terrible offensive football. Um, and I'm a huge fan of fullbacks, so I'll watch Iowa play. But, uh, yeah, if I was laying points against anybody, probably best to jump on the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's one thing. That the first things I learned about football algorithms is apparently there's, like, a bell curve to it. So they're really bad at trying to, like, just – in terms of calculate how good or how terrible someone's offenses are. So if you're an outlier on the end of the spectrum, they can't really calculate how bad you are. There's probably some opportunity there with Iowa. <laughs> They're probably worse than whatever the numbers that Vegas has says they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I had one play on the game. I was the under. I mean, they came in easily. Nailed it. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> Bubs, Bubs, whatever. If Bubs ever takes a total, fade it. He's Oh, off. yeah. Two years of taking totals. He's never even hit one or pushed one. Um, I think I might, I might have, I might, I think I've hit all my totals this year. Um, I'm selective when I hit take totals, but I love taking totals. Um, yeah, I mean, under 40 came in easily. I, I don't, Iowa might not score a touchdown all year. Like, I don't, I don't know. They just might not score a touchdown all year long. Um, so, yeah, he is right. BCB, if you haven't noticed already, I don't take totals because in the past two years, I think I did push one one time, but other than that, I've, I've never won one in the past two years on this podcast. So uh, just a little, little tips and tricks for the listeners there. Um, let's wrap it up with week two, unless you guys have any other games, but the second worst team in division one football. Um, I, I think he's a good athlete, their quarterback, but I think their coaching is on par with Iowa's Baylor at BYU. I put the most money out of all games. I put all my profits on Baylor money line. Um, Blake Checkdown Shapin is his new name. I, I I wouldn't be concerned. I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually his middle name. The fact that he checked down every fucking time he dropped back. Uh, the play calling on on Baylor's end, where I think at one point in overtime they ran the ball fourteen straight times when you have. A quarterback, and as BCB's mentioned in the previous bowl game, set the record for consecutive completions. I'm starting to think the reason why he did get that record is because he was throwing five-yard slants and two-yard checkdowns. I was so upset with that fucking game. I'm uh, still not over it, as you guys can see, but uh, what a wild game, wild finish. Uh, BCB and I in the, um, in the bookies basement chat, because there's a bunch of guys that had Baylor on there, it was – we're alive. We're fucked. We're alive. We're fucked. Like it was a back and forth, missed field goals, all sorts of shit. But um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but yeah, that, that was uh, my two cents on the game. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I mean, I just, it makes me so angry when teams run on first down and then run on <laughs> second down and it's still fucking third and eight. Like I just, it makes me fucking infuriated. Um, like if you're getting stuffed on first down and then you're getting stuffed on, you're running again on second down. Like I don't know, throw some fucking wide receiver screens, throw some fucking regular screen passes. Um, yeah, the play call in overtime was fucking awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a money line play. I had plus three and a half. Uh, they were both losers. Okay, yeah, I will say this. I I hate ripping play calling because like I'm not in the meetings. I don't know what the game plan was going into that, but. Um, 
I mean, Baylor couldn't have played any worse, and they still still should have won that game. Like, that's the most frustrating part of it for me. Also, in terms of, like, the shape and stuff, Larry kind of touched on it there. Like, they didn't put him in positions to be successful against a team that had a pretty good pass rush. When I had even mentioned last week, like, against Albany, they kind of looked like they had some protection problems at time. They gave up four sacks to him. It was it was those things like like you said they're making them throw on third and eight third and long when when BYU knows it's coming, um, and then a lot of times too if you look at like the, the play calls that they were that they were doing um, the the route progression and stuff from the wide receivers they weren't trying to push the ball down the field they were they were running like eight yard ends yeah, um, yeah. in five yard outs like it, it's not like he he had receivers open down the field and just wouldn't throw it also too just from watching him play. Um, we've we've talked about he's a mobile guy. Um, he's got great speed. Doesn't like to slide. It almost looked like the coaching staff told him do not run because he would never <laughs> run. Is like an ulterior option. Like when you have a quarterback like that, that should be like one of your that should be an option in the play. Um, at some point, is like he just takes it and runs. And there was times where he kind of had some grass in front of him. He just wouldn't run. He held the ball and he was sacked. So. Um, I don't know. Maybe we overrated the Baylor offensive line a little bit, but they were playing against like 25 and 26 year olds uh, from BYU. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> so. Well, and then what about their um, two minute defense at the end of the first half and at the end of the fourth quarter? I mean, two times, man, I just so upsetting. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shapen, I, I, I do believe in him. I think he's a good quarterback. Like you said, BCB, I think the play calling just, completely fucked him the entire game yeah you got to do something also too he didn't weirdly play bad enough to lose the heisman like for a guy that's 150 and one okay all right that's fair that's fair that's he fair. went yeah he it was like 131 for a touchdown didn't turn the ball over so it's not like from that aspect of it it'll be I, i'm interested to see how they game plan going forward with him um, or what his numbers look like this week because he torched albany which you should yep. um didn't play well at byu also, one thing, this is t- fading talented quarterbacks in their first road start is usually a pretty, pretty good <laughs> angle in college football. Yep. That was the kid's first true road game that he's had to play in. So Fair enough. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. They got Texas State this week. Uh, they should score a bunch of points. And uh, we'll see what that stat line looks like. Yeah, Provo is definitely not an easy place to play. A bunch of fucking Mormons that are sober as shit that, you know, know, you know what's going on around them. Uh, definitely definitely not ideal yeah, yeah you know the you know what the environment's like when like you'll see cup snakes or popcorn snakes or <laughs> dudes with their shirt off and like the one the one hype thing they have going on in the crowd is all these people super happy because they're eating cougar tails which are yeah. just like a <laughs> player and it's like everybody's indulgence for the weekend is, is three foot of sugar <laughs> good times good times all right Let's hop into week three. So, as we mentioned before, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, two things. Yeah. Real quick, I had South Carolina in the teaser. Um, Spencer Rattler tried to lose the game, lose it for me two times in a row. Um, I hate Spencer <laughs> more than I hate So, I had 14 and a half. South Carolina is just running out the clock. Yeah. They're up uh, 12 – or um, who do they play? Uh, Arkansas is up 12. Yeah. South Carolina takes a safety. Yeah. <laughs> that goes to 14. Yeah. South Carolina gets the ball back. Last play of the game, Rattler fumbles it. The defenders <laughs> scoop. 
fours. I thought I, I thought I lost. Luckily, his knee was down. I had 14 and a half. We finished at 14. I hate South Carolina. Georgia is going to murder them this week. Yeah. I thought they would be able to put up a fight against Arkansas. Ar- not, not even yeah, chance. Me too. Me too. What was your other game? Um, damn. What was it? You want I don't to know. A bit more about Iowa State. No, 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 no. I lost it. Um, yeah, no, gone. Right. Well, yeah, no. If you think about it, no. Um, but just kind of transitioning from the Baylor BYU week three, Bay or excuse me, BYU at Oregon. Now, when the spread comes out, and I'm just saying this because this is our one, uh, we have one of two ranked matches. Uh, what's what? up? Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin lost outright. Um, Garbage game. Big Ten West sticks. Outside Minnesota. Let's put it out there. Big Ten West is terrible. Oh, other the last point. Um, saying Nebraska still stinks. Duke went to Northwestern and beat Northwestern. Uh, so who who knows? Uh, Big Ten West is just terrible. Northwestern, the their running back and never fumbled, and he fumbled going into the end zone at the end of the game to score the game. To and Northwestern's quarterback, I think, had sixty passing attempts. He had over four hundred yards passing, like Helsinki or whatever his name is. Yeah, Helinski. Helinski, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, good uh, good week of football. Good week all around. So on to week three, though. Uh, just mentioning BYU now travels to Oregon now. Be cautious about this because when I first looked at this spread, you know, BYU plus three and a half after beating a ranked Baylor, they are traveling now on the road to Oregon, which can be, you know, it's not an easy environment, but Oregon did just put up 70. I think people have that Georgia game in their head. Um, do you guys have a play for the game? We'll start with or any analysis that you have, any, any commentary you want to add to that? Yeah, so I haven't looked yet. I, I mean, I'm hoping BYU is getting its receivers back. I would think they are. Yeah. I don't know yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I already have a two-unit play on BYU Moneyline. Um, and I will also probably play, uh, I think it's at plus three and a half. I think it moved, opened at four, moved to three and a half. Um, I, Bubs, you're on it. I'm on the Oregon under. It's the one team total under. I, I think – I that I like the most. And I think they have to lose this game in order to get it under. Um, but looking at the numbers, Bo Nix has actually been pretty decent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, they haven't played since 06, which was a little shocking to me, um, which is in the Las Vegas bowl and BYU beat Oregon, but that means nothing in this matchup. Um, but yeah, no, I like BYU. I like their experience. Um, I like that they're now battle tested. Um, I think that overtime win, win helps them more. Um, not sure Oregon hasn't been in a close game yet. Um, I think, <laughs> I think that, that matters. Um, and I do think BYU just travels well. Um, I'm sure the Mormons will travel to Oregon. Um, but yeah, I, I have a two unit play on the money line and I'll probably take, um, the uh, points as well, three and a half. All right, PCB. Yeah, I think uh, BYU comes in here. They're they're very. If I, I don't have a play on this game, uh, it's very intriguing to take them on the money line. I think coming in here that 
Oregon, in terms of having two games, they probably couldn't really be further apart from each other. They got absolutely demolished by Georgia. Um, and then they demolished Eastern Washington, who actually is a pretty good FCS program. So it's not like, I mean, there's, there, uh, I would guess Eastern Washington would probably beat a few of the teams at the bottom of, uh, like of the, Iowa. Yeah. 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 Some of those teams, Hawaii, Colorado. Yeah. Some of those teams, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would take BYU here, um, in this spot, but no, no, uh, outcomes really going to surprise me. I, I'm interested to see how BYU's kicker does. Cause it looked like he had the yips at the end of the game against Baylor. So that could be something to look out for if this kid comes out and shanks one um, to start. Uh, also, I do think Jaron Hall, the quarterback for BYU, is incredibly talented. I think he's a really good player um, in college football. So, yeah, BYU, if, if BYU goes and wins this game, all of a sudden they might be kind of a little dark horse here uh, to back get, the, get themselves into the playoff because they have Notre Dame and they have Arkansas on the schedule and then they end with games at Boise and at Stanford. So, uh, they're probably going to have some pretty quality wins uh, if, if they get this game. So interesting to see. Yeah, I think um, usually when a team plays like Oregon in week one compared to week two, that's an automatic stay away game for me. Like I'm not going to trust, you know, what sort of team I can expect. However, Larry hit it that I'm pretty sure the receivers are coming back this week. And then my arch nemesis, Bo Nix, is the quarterback for the Oregon Ducks. So I'm on BYU. That's the only reason why I'm on there. This would 99 times out of 100 be a stay away game because of Oregon's inconsistencies. But I hate Bo Nix, and I like the, the offense production coming back. So one of my official plays is BYU with the points three and a half. Only other ranked game, <coughs> excuse me, only other ranked game that we have on the docket for this week Miami travels to Kyle Field. Miami 2-0, 1-1. Obviously, we discussed App State at Texas A&M. Spread is currently at 5.5, over under at 45. Opened at 8 points uh, and opened at 53.5. So the total's dropping and the number's dropping. Uh, any official plays or any, any breakdown that uh, either of you two would like to provide here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Van Dyke. I love Miami. Um, I will... Probably also take Miami to win out right here. Um, it's probably – it's a tough spot with Texas A&M coming off that upset. Um, but, I mean, all the pressure's on Texas A&M. There's not a lot of pressure on Miami here. I don't think there's – it doesn't matter if they lose. Um, I mean, it does a little bit. They, they have to beat Clemson if they lose this game um, to have a chance at the playoff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I – I don't know how AM it's a tough do they bounce back? Um, I don't I mean Miami's definitely much better than App State. Um, yeah, I mean I, I like Miami, what's oh, it plus five and a half? Yeah. Um I just I didn't see enough out of that AM offense. I don't think they cover that number. Okay. BC Yeah, yeah, I think AM's honestly kind of in that area of where I'm not I'm not betting on them to cover. Uh, some of these spreads so it, not, at least not until we see more from their offense I honestly kind of like Miami a little more because they didn't have the easiest game against uh, Southern Mississippi on Saturday it was it was a game where it's like Southern Mississippi led that into the second quarter I think um, and had some big plays so I think Miami you're going to get a much more focused team here uh, they do go on the road so we'll see 
see if that affects them at all. They've played two home games, uh, one where they put 70 up on Bethune-Cookman and then held Southern Miss to seven points. But if they're able to go in there um, on defense, they are they are allowing less than 300 yards a game um, on defense, Miami is. So, again, let's see, let's see what the Texas A&M offense looks like this week because if it looks like what it did against Appalachian State – then I think Miami's going to roll. Um, if they try and make it a little more creative, add some wrinkles into it, then maybe they've got a chance to bounce back. But um, I don't. If they go lose this game and the offense looks terrible again, then that seat uh, at, at Texas A&M might be getting pretty hot for Jimbo, or at least the offensive coordinator. Uh, there's going to be a lot more pressure because their schedule is not getting any easier from here too. They haven't played an SEC game yet, so. They, they play – they go – here's the next four games, including this week, for Texas A&M. They've got Miami. They've got Arkansas at home next week. Then they're at Mississippi State and at Alabama. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. I, 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 it's, I, I would just take the better quarterback here. Um, I think Van Dyke makes enough plays to beat them. Um, I don't I, – well, who is it, King for – Yeah. King. Yeah, I mean, Van Dyke is just so much more the talented quarterback. I think he just, he'll make a couple plays and they'll win this game outright, which is it's not that's not good for AM. Um, uh, yeah, it's at tough times at AM. I guess we'll see, but this is a pretty important game for Jimbo Fisher, I think. Yeah, no, agreed, especially with the upcoming schedule. I think, me personally, that the pressure's on Miami because now they're expected even though the point spread says otherwise i think they're expected to win this game because of the result AM put up against ab state so i'm a little bit of the opposite of you there but i'm not playing this game if i had to lean away i would lean with you Lair, and go uh miami with the points five and a half but no play there the only other game i want to mention then we can kind of go through our cards like we said it'd be a shorter episode this week want to make sure that we're getting out as much information as possible for the listeners um sneaky game of the week purdue at syracuse uh both teams purdue did open the season with a loss penn state tough uh but i think these are two polar opposite teams two teams that are turning in the right direction moving up and up syracuse sneaky good purdue with the west coast offense um i don't i, I don't have a play on the game but i just for every for everyone that's listening to this I think that that's one game that I am 100% tuning in for. because so I think it's going to be a great football game start to finish. Uh, the spread's at minus one, so it's almost a pick them, but the only thing I wanted to call out. Okay. Let's hop into our cards. Um, would anyone hey, like to – Oh, please. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you want to let BCB talk about uh, Mississippi State? What about them? You don't want to mention that game, or I'm just uh, who they play uh, Georgia Tech. I'll cover it in the card. Okay, never mind. Then. Yeah, cool. no worries. So, I thought that was a tough game. No, who's Ole Miss playing? Ole Miss plays at Georgia Tech. Yeah. No, who's Mississippi State playing? LSU. Mississippi State LSU. Okay. Um. So yeah, and we're not going to cut it. Mississippi State's a dog. I don't get that. I also don't know why Purdue's a dog, but Syracuse has been good. I can see why Purdue's a dog, but you're right. Mississippi State, I don't get it. I, I think the the thing I've always been taught in, in gambling life is that three points is worth home field. So if it's 
neutral, whatever. But if you're at home, you get that three points. So, you know, it's at Super or it's at uh, Baton Rouge. So that's the only thing I can think of. Is it a night game, BCB, Larry? Yeah, it's like a six o'clock kickoff. It's one that's of those weird like. Yeah, that's that's kind of one thing that that scares me a little bit there. Um, but in terms of like where they're at as a program, like like I said, so you got Will Rogers who just is kind of a master of that offense. It's very fun to watch him run the air raid. The ball almost never touches the ground. Like I said, the one interception he had last week bounced off the receiver's hands. I do think this Mississippi State team's way better. I, I can't believe they're not ranked, honestly. Like, it just goes to show you how much of a joke the AP poll is uh, for as well as this team's played. They did. They were in a little bit of a dogfight with Arizona last week, but this is Arizona's a team that us here on the pod have kind of been on uh, when, you know, the public or maybe the, the media has it. Like, people don't realize that Arizona football team's pretty good. Arizona, by the way, quick note, they played North Dakota State this week. Um I've seen just looking at it. Some of the lines have uh, North Dakota State could be favored over Arizona. So if Ooh. I'm getting a dog, if I'm getting Arizona as a dog in that game, I'm going to be on it. But um, yeah, this is going to be my biggest play of the week, though. Mississippi State, LSU's best pass rushers are injured. I don't think they're going to be able to get enough pressure on Will Rogers um, to kind of disrupt the passing flow. I think Mississippi State will be able to get what they want. I also like that Mississippi State had to play Jaden Deloria in Arizona last week. So they have some experience against a, a scrambling quarterback, a mobile guy like Jalen Daniels. They're going to know how to defend it, and they can also coach to that um, in the tape this week during practice. So I think Mississippi State's just better than LSU on all sides of the ball. Um, like you said, I think I think the gambling public, especially guys who are uh, Saturday betters who might not do a lot of research other than just looking at box scores and such yeah. um, when the day comes around, I think they overrate the home field a little bit. So – um, in this instance, if I can always get like one of my favorite things to do is get a team uh, that's laying like one and a half, two, and they're going on the road somewhere. So usually that means they're a better team. Yep, um, yep. And you're just getting an adjustment. So a lot of the power ratings I look at too. Some even have Mississippi State as a top 10 team right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that too hard. So I just think it's, it's early in the season. The value starts to dry up on some of these teams. So I just look for who I think can still be underrated. I think Mississippi State has a lot of upside. Um, and I don't think LSU does. <laughs> LSU is kind of on the verge of a collapse if a couple things don't go their way. Only thing I don't like about that game is it sounds like we're all on them. So we saw what happened last week with uh, Baylor. But let's hop. I'm going to hop into my card first. I have nine plays for the group. Uh, first off, I, I want to hop in the Friday action. You guys got the Friday action last week. I like Florida State at Louisville. Um, obviously Louisville had the big Friday win last week, but uh, I really like Jordan Davis. I like what Florida state does, especially in their primetime game that they had a week, week and a half ago. So I got Florida state minus two and a half next game, Penn state minus three and a half at Auburn. I know we're traveling down to sec country, but I think Auburn is just that bad. Clifford is having surprisingly good season. Uh, I like what they put together on both sides of the ball. So I do like Penn state minus three and a half. Talked about this one already. I won't go into it. BYU plus three and a half. Next one, hottest team in the Big 12, Kansas plus 10 and a half at Houston. Love that game. Houston, I know, is Larry's darling, but the way they pulled Kansas pulled off their win straight up against West Virginia last week. Love what the former coach from Buffalo is doing. Leopold, I think his name is Leopold. Yeah, Leopold. Yep. I love what he's doing at Kansas. Love what he's doing there. Plus 10 and a half. Get the hook. I'll take it. Talked about this one as well. Mississippi State minus two and a half. I'll take it. 
Wake Forest minus 16 and a half. Liberty's going to Wake Forest. Uh, Brewer's out. Hugh Freeze, um, I think he designed his offense around Brewer and getting him in the portal. So I like what Hartman did against Vanderbilt all over that. Uh, Charlotte at Georgia State. Charlotte next to Iowa is the worst team in Division I football. So all in on Georgia State minus 19 and a half. Uh, last two games, Pitt. This is my uh, Jason Silva pick of the week. Pitt at Western Michigan. Silva told us how bad Western Michigan was. I know nothing about him, but so I'm going Pitt minus uh, 10 and a half, just solely off of Jason Silva. And lastly, my lock of the week. Take out your mortgage. Take a second mortgage. Liquidate your 401k. Take out all the cash in your Roth IRA and put it on Nevada plus 23 and a half at Iowa. In my time that betting has been legal in Iowa, I have never bet against the Hawkeyes. Sometimes I just don't play the game. I've never bet against them. Iowa scored seven points in both their games. Nevada averages close to 40. If you're going to cover 23 and a half, that means you have to score 24. I don't think Iowa's capable of doing that, no matter how good our defense special teams is. I'm taking Nevada plus 23 and a half. I'm going to put a shit ton of money on it. That's my card nine plays. Take it away, boys. I actually have some very similar plays. plays. <clears throat> Get it started with, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Penn State minus three. I agree. Uh, I actually think Penn State's uh, one of the more underrated teams in the nation. Um, Penn State actually might be a very good team. Um, I like them. I don't like Auburn at all. Um, I like Penn State to go and beat Auburn. Um, so Penn State minus three. Talked about this already. BYU plus three and a half. Uh, taking that, it's too many points. Also, we'll be playing BYU money line. Um, shout out Pam Maladonia, uh Texas fan. This is one of her plays. Minnesota minus 27 and a half. Um, Colorado at Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is just going to run, 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 run the ball. Uh, Colorado is bad. The Buffaloes are very bad. Um, so Minnesota minus 27 and a half. Um, this is a play just because of last week. I was actually impressed by Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech plus 10 at NC State. Um, I think Texas Tech uh, – that spread it out uh, offense is awesome. Um, they're going to put up a lot of points. Um, I just think they're going to cover that 10. I'm also on, didn't talk to Bubs ahead of time, Nevada plus 23. Um, there's just no way Iowa is, Iowa just doesn't score touchdowns. Uh, they just haven't yet this season. Um, Nevada's decent. Uh, BCB, didn't they lose straight up last week to uh, – Nevada, yeah, they, they lost to Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word put 56 on them, so. Not great, but uh, <laughs> a couple big plays. Uh, that's all. They, they just need maybe two touchdowns or even one touchdown. One touchdown might be enough to cover that spread. Uh, that's really all it's going to take. Uh, shout out Iowa. So shout out Spencer Petrus and shout out them staying with them. Uh, another Pam pick. Uh, shout out Pam. Uh, come on the pod, Pam. Um, Kansas State minus 14 and a half. Uh, Tulane at Kansas State. Again, uh, Adrian Martinez, and they have two stud. They have a, a two-headed backfield. Uh, Deuce Vaughn and another kid. Uh, they're very good. They're just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, 
I hers she had a couple stats that I read. Um, I think UMass ran for over 200 yards against Tulane um, in Week One. Uh, so this Kansas State's just going to be able to run all over that Tulane defense. Uh, minus 14 and a half. Uh, and then the last play is uh, Miami plus five. Um, again, I think they probably went out right. Uh, plus five is just too many points. I think this this game's a field goal game, if that. Um, but that that's it for me. All right, I like it. BCB, let's wrap it up. Yeah, so we've got Mississippi State on the money line. Like I said, I got that minus 130 at LSU. So uh, when it came to 130 or like laying two for 115, I was like, all right, let's take the money line here. Yeah. Uh, found that at a book somewhere. So we're good there. Uh, getting back on the train. So going back to week zero here, uh, two teams I bet that week face off against each other in Las Vegas. We're going to take UNL, UNLV minus three here against North Texas. Um, this UNLV team's good, man. They destroyed Idaho State the week that we were on them, week zero. They almost upset Cal last week at Cal, so lost 20 to 14. Um, they've got some players on offense. Like we said, we've got they've got the transfer wide receiver from Michigan State. Brumfield at quarterback's pretty good. I'm going to keep riding the train while they've got a home game here, minus three against the North Texas team that I don't think is great. So we're going to go ahead here. Um, see if we can't cash on the Rebels one more time. Uh, another game I'm taking, I'm going to take Vanderbilt plus three at Northern Illinois. Um, this is the team. Yeah, this is a team Vanderbilt. Again, if you look at the power rankings, um, a lot of the numbers I look at, Vanderbilt grades out as a better team than Northern Illinois. You're going to give me three on the road. I think Vanderbilt is a well-coached team. Also, Vanderbilt's played pretty well. Um, they got torched last week against Wake Forest. Sam Hartman was back. I don't think any of us expected him not to get torched. Yeah. Uh, their starting quarterback also didn't play well. They put the backup in. He kind of sparked. I think he went for like 10 for 12, um, had 150 yards and like two touchdowns. So there might be some value here. Um, even though the kid that they've had starting a quarterback right uh, has played pretty well against inferior competition. So mm-hmm. don't think Northern Illinois is a great team. I do think Vanderbilt's uh, trending in the right direction. So You've got an SEC school going on the road. You're getting points against a Mac school. I think it's almost a must play. Um, you go here next to the uh, next game on the card. Going to fade a team that we cashed on last week. I'm taking SMU plus three and a half at Maryland. There might be 100 points scored in this game. Uh, <laughs> like we said with Maryland, under Lockley, the trend has been when they play bad teams, they win and cover. When they play good teams, they usually lose. <laughs> they lose outright and they don't cover. So, um, this SMU team's pretty good. Both teams are – it's going to be a wide-open game. I think it comes down to who who makes the least amount of turnovers. Um, wouldn't be surprised if a game where Tagovailoa throws a couple interceptions late that kind of screw you over. Uh, SMU's turnovers this year haven't been from Tanner Mordecai throwing interceptions. They've been from fumbles. Usually that number reverts to the mean. So uh, they're due to have a game where they don't have any stupid fumbles or anything like that. Uh, they've also blown out both teams they played this year. They blew out North Texas. Um, and then they blew out Lamar last week, which they probably should have done. So, right. like that. Um, not an official play yet. Might be by the time cards come out, though. Leaning at Purdue um, at Syracuse. Ooh, like Purdue play. as well. They're, uh, I'm going to have to go look back at the Penn State game a little bit to see how they did. Syracuse has a, uh, a pretty good rushing attack with Sean Tucker there. Oh. So, And they've got the Schrader kid at quarterback. also think the Carrier Dome is a tough place to play. But in terms of a pick em, this like, seems like the type of game Purdue wins. Um, and then they'll go lose a game you don't expect them to lose at home later on. But <laughs> this is a team I like in that spot. 
Um, don't have an official line out on this game yet. If I get it at a touchdown or less, I'm going to take Army laying the points uh, at home against Villanova this week. Army 0-2, Villanova 2-0. Like I said, I actually think this Army team's a pretty good football team. Um, and with the numbers I look at, I've seen them as high as 60. I've seen them as low as like 85. So you don't get a real value number there. They pass the eye test. Uh, they also can throw the ball a little bit this year, which they haven't been able to do in years past. So I think this is a good spot to back Army at a home game, noon kickoff, very tough game to play. Um, and then also, too, like I said, I've seen numbers out there that suggest – Arizona could be an underdog at home against North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take Arizona if we're getting the home dog status. Um, this is actually, I got in a little bit of a Twitter debate with people on it uh, a few weeks ago, saying that I was looking forward to this game. A lot of people out there think North Dakota State's going to crush Arizona. I don't think that's the case. So, Okay. Love it. Folks, money's on the table. We'll have graphic out on Thursday. I'll have this pod release. We're recording Tuesday. I'll have this release tomorrow night for you guys all to, to listen through and obviously review our graphic on Thursday. Not the greatest week of the world, but, you know, you got Tub Club here to help break down each game, provide the cards, provide the week two recap. Folks, we appreciate your time. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us. And let's go win some fucking money.